Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, marks and smarks alike, we proudly welcome you to the internet's only wrestling podcast. That's right, we are the only one. We want to welcome you to Pin the Champ! Hey guys, and welcome back to another edition of Pin the Champ. I'm Jeremiah. I'm Song. I'm Soy. And I'm Kyle. Awesome, awesome. So today we're going to be going over the second episode ever of Monday Night Raw. Uh, really excited to get into it. This was a really cool episode that starts the, the whole like Ric Flair arc. So we'll get into that in a second. Of course, as usual, we'll also ponder with the professor tonight or today, and we'll do trivia with Sawyer. Uh, so guys, how's it going today? Good. You know, uh, uh, the, the slow collapse of our, of our empire, but you know, we're, we're good. I yeah. think we're all healthy. We're all healthy in, uh, you know, we're, you know, I'm, I'm calling from the secret bunker, obviously. Uh, right. And, you know, Jesse Ventura and Mick Foley's response to this really brought a whole, like, uh, just, it, it brought a hope to me because like, I don't know, they didn't have to, especially Jesse, he didn't have to, but I mean, being a politician, you know, he's, he's being like, you know, all these people out there are cowards. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's just like, it, 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 he's, he, I, I don't know. It, when somebody, like, it's like, Jesse's not a perfect politician, but he is a great wrestler in the sense that he is a good representative of, of I feel sport, like, normal right? people and, like, yeah. like, the line of, like, where people are at. Um, hey, would you be able to, for our listeners who may not have heard that that Jesse Ventura quote, I know that I glossed over it. Would you be able to pull it up real quick and yeah, yeah, I, like, I think I should be cite your source and stuff like that? But but yeah, there were a couple of wrestlers that that around the uh, the whole Capitol thing did come out and make some statements, and and that's what Kyle's trying to to look up right now. It's definitely worth checking out. I was proud to to hear Jesse too. Do you think uh, Red Dead's going to sue uh, the bison guy for uh, wearing what clearly is some sort of <laughs> fur costume from the uh, series? <laughs> he's uh, he's known as the uh, QAnon Shaman or something like yeah. that. Yeah, right. I just think he's one of those furries, you know? Yeah, could be both. Why not? <laughs> There's a Ew, man. I like we... A we the parlor, uh, or no, no we the parlor, a parlor or whatever, and uh, like a QAnon furry convention sounds like a real, real rough time. <laughs> but I do want to make oh, very clear. Go. I do want to make very clear that I don't want that to represent the furries and that that I know. No. Life, you yeah. Know, absolutely. Furries. You know, there there may be. <laughs> that's not representative of normal furries that I know. <laughs> yeah, I want to be perfectly clear. I do feel like it represents QAnon and <laughs> and the crazy people everywhere. <laughs> Uh, he, so Jesse Ventura wrote, when I joined the military, I took an, or, an oath to defend my country against all threats, foreign and domestic and alien, predator, all of them. Yeah. These, sedi- these are seditious. These are domestic enemies. These are the same people refusing to wear masks because they feel like it, it's their right to spend, spread the coronavirus. If they, if if they had just impeached Trump like they should have, 
then we wouldn't be seeing this today. So I suppose the Republican Party is happy. They clearly got what they wanted. What uh, other outcome did they possibly expect? This mob of violent seditionists needs to be arrested, including the chicken hawk hiding in the White House who instigated it all. Ah. I've had it. I'm done. I'm beyond angry. I've had just about enough of the polarization of these two parties and their dictatorship. Look at where it's gotten us. Are you ready for Major Glory's workout? That last part was a bit sad, you know. (laughs) Do you feel like he was probably wearing grease face paint, like like camouflage face paint while he wrote this? I kind of feel like that's what I would like to at least imagine is that he had like camouflage face paint and was hiding behind some bushes like like he wasn't predator like writing this well you know it's tweets like that that make him a sexual tyrannosaurus mm. <laughs> small well, arms big, small arms big feet yeah but big, big feet yes well he wanted to run uh, he was talking about running third party for the election which i know is like every every time he talks about it and i'm like man because right now that response like that's the man we need right now <laughs> i don't, I don't want to go too far down a jesse ventura yeah. rabbit hole that's a that's a whole separate episode that we can get it, into it really but is my my favorite thing about ventura is like when he became an elected official he like he he went to like the 9-11 like uh hangar where like the, you know they they stored the planes and stuff and he was just like open up i demand yeah. to see it I, <laughs> we all want to see the planes and it's just like okay well i don't think that you know jesse just walking in works. like area 51 and he's like open up show me the aliens i'm yeah. here to see them <laughs> and most i'm an american and i have the right i pay for i have the right country. Yeah, I love that. In addition to the oath of what he's taken to protect, he still includes like protecting the world from like predators and aliens. Which is, those those times where you love Jesse, you're like, I don't know if he's joking or being serious. Is he like somewhere? <laughs> he's like forgotten reality at some point. <laughs> well, we do have a space force, so aliens yeah, that's are true. out there, right? Yeah, yeah he's like, I've got space to go. force. <laughs> yeah. So since the last time we recorded, I think it, the the other major thing that we we at least have to to mention, of course, is that the untimely and and truly uh, just terrible, terrible passing of Brody Lee, aka yeah. formerly known as Luke Harper, uh, Mr. Huber, uh, who you know, I mean, who would have thought? You know, like you wake up and it's like untimely like luke luke harper's dead that just sucked you know like, yeah that was uh, crazy um the news just kind of broke out of nowhere nobody knew he was sick so that just probably goes to show like what type of guy he was and, you know these days somebody gets sick you can't even trust who's in your circle to break the news but he must everybody in his uh friends and family his circle must really really um a lot really of them yeah, yeah that and never broke out until he did pass away. And yeah. AEW, that tribute show, they did him right. That was that was a great tribute, tribute show. show. Yeah. That was an awesome show. It's like the the uh, the um, Dark Order won like every match that night. It was like a clean sweep by the Dark Order. Yeah. Where that was really cool. And, and just all of the did. little nuances were cool as well. Yeah. Even rarely the, uh, do I think. Rarely do I think you meet somebody in the wrestling business who is kind of universally liked, mm-hmm. you know, where, you know, I, 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 you know, the wrestling business, you have to have a big personality to exist in. So like, 
you know, there are always going to be people who rub somebody the wrong way or something. But it, it really seemed like John was the, the kind of guy that just brought the best out of people. And it, it yeah. is a incredible thing to see uh, the commitment and friendship that he has in some of these people. And in the way that a, I like, I, I'm not a, you know, I don't, shilled typically for any federation but the way that AEW is handling it and the way that they're you know helping his kid mm. you know his kid who you know, already, seems has, like a wants to, already has a contract because his kid wants to break into the business you know that's like that's what you do you know like as yeah. a fan that's what I want to see because yeah. I know that you know, like that, it, because then it means, it, it means something to all of us. We, right. It, it is yeah. this like thing that we can all agree that is bigger than us. And it's yeah, bigger we, than wrestling too. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it, it really is. It's, it, it's kind of that whole piece of things as adult wrestling fans that we love the most is when we can see that fourth wall being broken where the reality of wrestling and the, and the wrestling fantasy world kind of, interject and it's really all real because the love that that kid is getting from these 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 uh uh these other wrestlers that were you know uh that were um Brody Lee's you know um workmates and things like that that have said you know I I absolutely loved what Jericho uh I felt like Jericho uh, was very very sincere when he looked into the camera and he said we'll take care of him. Believe me, mm -hmm. trust me. We'll, we'll take care. You knew he absolutely meant it and you could see it all throughout that show. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, like for that kid to be able to be at least <laughs> for this painful moment taken out of, at least taken into that fantasy world mm -hmm. where he's having to concentrate on a segment. He's actually involved in a segment was really cool, you know, and, and, and you, and then I thought it was especially cool that I saw later on, he was in a segment on, uh, AW Dark. He actually, you know, did a segment on Dark with, um, what, uh, with the, uh, the little guy from Lucha. Marco Sword. Stunt. Marco Stunt, yeah. Marco Stunt. So yeah, he was yeah. like, yeah, do, cutting a They're promo the same on Marco size. Stunt. And that was, huh? They're about They're the same, the same size. size. Yeah, I, th I yeah. think, bro, I, th I think, uh, I think negative one, <laughs> was it negative one, right? Negative one, yeah. Yeah, neg I think negative one uh, actually has a couple pounds on Marco Stunt potentially, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I mean just the whole thing, and yeah. and I thought it was another cool thing as a fan. I mean, you never really got to see. Uh, you, I don't know if you guys noticed at the end of that show when they showed that that Luke Harper uh, package, they showed like all of those pictures of like even WWE guys on AEW programming. You saw Roman. You saw Roman. that really. That really cool picture oh, wow. that uh, it was Jericho, Roman, some other guys, current big guys in AEW. Yeah. They were all wearing these Luke Harper shirts that they all got made. Everybody was wearing a Luke Harper shirt. If you if you didn't notice that before, look it up online. It's a really cool. There's a really cool story behind that photo. But um, but yeah, uh, I I just thought as a fan, okay. Well, you never used to see current WWE guys on WCW programming, and AEW is kind of like the love child, kind of of WCW. Mm -hmm. That like, <laughs> and Absolutely. it's kind of like really cool seeing like a new like, you know, like, and hopefully WWE was cool enough to say, uh, you know, 
it's fine. Use those images or whatever. And they can, you know, they're, they're big, being big enough to allow that to happen and not give any pushback. Um, if that makes sense. I don't know. Well, and I think, I think they did, I think they covered their bases by yeah. when, when uh, Eric Rowan came out, you know, Jericho did the, Another you know, is, isn't that the form, isn't that the former bash brother, Eric Rowan, you right. know, like saying as long, like, as long as you do the formerly known as, you know, then, then you're kind of covered because you're not myself. presenting him as the Bash brother Eric Rowan. You're, you know, right. alluding yeah. to that. That's what Kyle. I, it's the Bludgeon brothers. Oh, what did I say? Uh, I was gonna say I was like, oh, Mighty Ducks. Bash brothers, yeah. <laughs> that was yeah, another, Bash brothers, Mighty Ducks. Mighty Ducks. I am. Yeah. I'm thinking of Mighty Ducks. Yeah, yeah I feel you. I. You're I'd be lying me. if I wouldn't make the same mistake myself. <laughs> well, I mean, Bludgeon Brothers, Bash Brothers, they should have gone with Bash Brothers. That had a better role to <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. I wonder yeah, if it was yeah. copywritten by Disney. You know them. It they probably is. It up and they got it out. <laughs> well, <laughs> but yeah. What's crazy is, I mean, he was only 41 years old, and it was right. like the day after Christmas, and he was dealing with like a non-COVID lung condition. So it's wow. just like yeah, this perfect storm of just like, wow, way yeah. to like sum up 2020, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that news broke out. I think I texted all you guys at that time, didn't yeah. I? Oh, I yeah. Like, I yeah. was shocked. Yeah. And, uh, well, and it is nice because the wrestling community is one of those things where, again, like, I don't know if he was quite considered a household name, you know, maybe amongst like people that are like diehard wrestling fans. But again, it's like you mentioned it to your mother, your relatives, like, I, right. I don't know who that is. Right. But so, you know, I'm sure maybe from his perspective, it's like, or for people that know him, it's like he may not have gotten there, there, right. you know, mm -hmm. where anyone wants to be. But I remember watching after Song Broke the News, like all over the internet and mm -hmm. Facebook and everywhere yeah. again. The, the outpouring it was. was it's like, nuts. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was actually about to ask you guys, like, did you guys have a favorite, like, Brody Lee slash Luke Harper moment? For me, I, I, I would just say the, the, the two things about it. I love the fact that before he passed, he was having a hell of a run with his new Brody Lee character. He, I love that dominating performance he was able to give uh, defeating Cody Rhodes for the, uh, the TNT title. And, mm -hmm. and before that, I think that for me, Luke Harper in the early iterations of the Wyatt family facing off against the Usos and the Shield. Yep, those were those were prime uh, times for me where I felt like uh, Luke Harper, at least for me, was was like uh, one of the best big men out there. He is he was the standout of of the Bludgeon Brothers slash Wyatt family uh, tag team, you know, obviously Bray Wyatt was a standout too, but of the tag team, Rowan and, and Harper, I would argue that Harper was the standout there. Absolutely. Know? Yeah. And, uh, and just, you know, he had that namesake, you know, like, just like, uh, just like uh, Bruiser Brody before him, you know what I mean? Just, he, he, he absolutely <laughs> had that feel to him. So I'm going to miss that dude. Yeah. I enjoy watching the, uh, being the elite webisode that the uh aew does on youtube mm. and he's he's on there and it's so you kind of get to see the funny side of him with that one where he's just slapping every member of the dark order around with pieces of paper and they're so afraid of this paper because they're treating it like a bat or something yeah, yeah it's, it's hilarious if you guys haven't seen any of those go back i think they probably um might have just did one episode dedicated just to like all his little segments segments yeah i've heard a lot about those and i do want to go back and look at them now that you mention it yeah. i felt like he was just finally hitting his stride too 
in AEW. So right. It's sad. Yeah, it definitely sad. sucks. I hate to see it. I mean, it's a tale as old as time, unfortunately. <laughs> Yeah. All right. Well, you know, again, condolences go out to yeah. uh, to Brody's family and for the whole wrestling community. Uh, our condol, our sincerest condolences go out to all of the wrestling community on your loss. I know how much he meant to everyone, and he meant a lot to us fans too. So, uh, we we love you and we miss you, Brody. Uh, so moving on to uh, stuff that Brody would have loved to talk about, which would have been mm. uh, Raw episode two, right? Took place yeah, baby. on January 18th, 1993, right after the New Year's of, of, of 90, uh, 93. Uh, again, second episode had the same three guys that we love, Macho, Vince, and, and Bartlett. Uh, Sir's dad. Uh, yep, my <laughs> father. Papa. My father. I'm glad yep. we could finally talk about it. And the show, Bartlett. <laughs> and the show really opens up with those guys talking. And right out the gate, we get an attack by Repo Man on Macho Man Randy Savage. So former uh, smash of demolition. Uh, yeah. Let's talk about Repo Man here because he's one of those polarizing characters in WWE uh, who just had the most ridiculous Hamburglar gimmick. Like what Repo Man, <laughs> was, was, it ghost, was it the ghost of a Repo Man who had been run over? Because remember the tire tracks on his, his costume and everything? Oh, I never like understood his factor? costume. Oh huh? my God. There's like an undead factor to like his. No, no, no he was, he was uh, actually. But oh, gotcha! I got gotcha. you. <laughs> he, he had he had his costume was literally his pads were rubber uh, wheels, pieces and, of wheel and stuff. Yeah, and his his gray costume had those black tread marks on him, like he had been run over, and he mm -hmm. has like a, a hamburger mask on. So it's like this is like some weird Vince dream you know, put down on a paper, formerly a smash of demolition. I, are you very- Yeah, Barry Darso. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so- Crusher Crucive, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. I, uh, Nikita, Nikita, uh, yeah, Crusher Crucive. Uh, yeah. I mean, it won, when uh, he was part of, part of demolition, he was demolition, uh, what, smash? smash? Yes. Yeah. And, you know, Barry Darso, you know, had one of the most, you know, up until now, one of the most probably, you know, successful. I mean, he was, as Crusher Khrushchev, he was, yes. you know, a, a huge in, in the Crockett uh, era. And then mm -hmm. Demolition being one of the biggest tag teams yeah. of all time. They had and, the longest reign before New Day, right? Yep. Right. And now he's coming out with this new gimmick. Uh, Vince very clearly hates anything that is like... Uh, that, that like serves the like in any kind of job that like would serve the purpose of the greater good but like but like rich people don't like vince just vilifies in the best way right and like i think repo man is is a thing where he's just like well what a what a poor people hate god damn pal uh, yeah. poor people hate repo men yeah. you know and and, 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 yeah. and it's just I honestly uh, wonder if he would have like run-ins recently and he's like, I'm a character, you goddamn. I'm like, he's <laughs> he's like, it's like a fever dream. Like he doesn't under he's just like, well, I know, I know poor people hate uh you know, goddamn pal, poor people hate repossessions, and and uh <laughs> that's what we'll do. He'll work for the million dollar man and he'll be the yeah. million dollar man's repo guy. Repossessions happen to all of our fans. They'll hate it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, why the mask? Why the mask? I don't get the mask. <laughs> 
Because <laughs> Vince doesn't understand what repossession is. Yeah. He thinks they're stealing from him. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's exactly what I'm saying. It's like he's he's like totally off his rocker like yeah. from what actual reality is he's like what do repo men look like i've never seen one of those before yeah. he, oh probably, was, he probably saw a mcdonald's commercial while he was with the hamburger <laughs> yeah it's maybe just this 80s 90s ideal that you can't have a man at the end of something without them being like a superhero or super oh, oh that could be it too yeah he had the word man at the end so you got to put a mask on it yeah it no I, a, I think that's a very valid point, sir. I that think is that valid. is exactly it, where he's just like, well, he's like a supervillain, like uh, yeah. the Riddler. Yeah, you know? he's, uh, he was bit by a radioactive repo, man. Repo. Wow. Yeah, he, he, no, he was run over by a, a radioactive tow truck. Yeah. And he became the, the repo track. man. That's what it is. And that's, that's what happened. And he's after <laughs> Macho Man's fancy hat. Yes, so he beats up the Macho Man, takes off with the hat, and then we kind of switch gears for a minute and we get uh, Mr. Perfect uh, versus Terry Taylor. Real quick, real quick yep. before we talk about the first match, okay. Rob Bartlett tearing up a picture of Bobby Heenan in the style of Sinead O'Connor tearing up a picture oh. of the Pope on Saturday Night Live. Oh. Oh, I, I couldn't even think about that. It that is the most dumb, 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 bad reference like it's so dumb that it's 30 smart. years or tw you know tw 30 years almost prior we don't get that because it's such a dumb reference right right well, yeah. full of those i i didn't even realize it was heenan i couldn't tell who it was but honestly i mean isn't there some kind of bit of dumbass genius in it that if you think about it who would be the pope of managers yeah that's <laughs> but, true that, 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 in a way, in a way, Bartlett is, I guess, paying homage to the fact that like Heenan is the real goat yeah. when it comes to to like Managing, you know yeah to uh, being a yeah. O'Connor was doing it because of you know pedophilia in the Catholic Church, but <laughs> yeah. but Rob Bartlett decided to take it in a completely different <laughs> angle. Thank God uh, for Rob Bartlett. Yeah, well, Rob Bartlett. Dad. You know, I think like my father was doing some pretty topical highbrow humor, personally. Uh, you know, for a guy who's known for all admittedly base humor, I will say, I think this is very clever of him. But you know, you disagree, whatever. <laughs> but yeah, the first match. Uh... No, I'm, I'm really glad that you brought that up because it's something that I actually just glossed over because I was like, I don't know who that is. But I'm glad you had mentioned it. And then I didn't even piece together the Sinead O'Connor thing that happened around that same time frame mm -hmm. on Saturday oh, Night Good Live. call. I forgot about that. Well, I love because Heenan calls in later upset about it. He's yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's so. like, how dare he? <laughs> that's, that's right. Okay, cool. Yeah. We yeah, get by holidays yeah. in the evening sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but, yeah, uh, yeah. So, well, it's a, there's a lot going on in this second episode, too. They get, they get things going. So. Yeah. So on to the first match, Mr. Perfect and Terry Taylor. So um, to me, this match was really decent because of the workers, right? I um, agree. But the thing mm -hmm. that I thought about immediately was, did you guys ever hear the story um, that, that Terry Taylor, I believe, um, if you look it up online, I think you'll find it where Terry Taylor is kind of saying that the Mr. Perfect gimmick was originally intended for him. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> no, I, w I did not know that. Yeah. 
Yeah, and so I thought that this this is all I could think about during this match. I was like, this match, if that was true, was true, Terry Taylor has to have been really fucking pissed off. <laughs> like to have had, had this match, he's like, he got the Absolutely. best gimmick. Yeah, and well, and like, could you imagine Kurt Henning with the little red stripe down his the middle of his head? Yeah, <laughs> the 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 oh, the red man. rooster Kurt Henning instead of uh, the red rooster Terry Taylor. Even though I think by this time that Raw happened during this match, the Red Rooster gimmick was kind of pushed to the back burner. Yes. He was kind of allowed to be more of a Terry Taylor wrestler gimmick. But when he first came out, you know, I think it was... That's why he was doing so good. Like, like he, like the whole, like, first half of the match, he's doing, like, you know, oh, he's he's doing just classic heel stuff, like yeah. you know, tell telling the ref, oh, watch his hands, watch his hands, you know, and he's doing eye gouges and stuff like that. He WCWs him, where he, you know, he 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 blows, he powders out of the ring, and then when when Perfect gives chase, he runs back in the ring, and then when uh, you know uh, Perfect's coming back in, he puts the boots to him right as he's yeah. I mean, like that classic he, heel, just stuff. all classic heel stuff, yeah. like. They, Terry Taylor had his working shoes on absolutely and he like honestly I felt like the uh commentary was a bit like too distracting from what was because they weren't talking about this good 10 minute match yeah exactly I don't mind the gimmicky talking I don't mind the gimmicky talking when when the match is just like a bushwhackers match but if you've got like Mr. Perfect and Terry Taylor or like a Bret Hart and one, two, three kid, talk about the match. Like it's exactly it's I agree with you on on that a bit of things as well. So there was a lot, a lot happening during this match. During this match, Macho comes back to commentary from being attacked by Repo Man. That happens. Bobby the Brain calls in on the phone, which is what you guys were just now we're putting it together that that was about the photo rip. Um, so all of that's going on. Of course, Flair gets involved during that match as well. Beats up Mr. Perfect, but Mr. Perfect goes right back in the ring and still defeats uh, Terry Taylor handily with the Perfect Plex. You know that move that my favorite, one of my favorite things about Mr. Perfect is that move that he does, that that uh, overhead snapmare where yes. the sitting and he does just that, grabs that head while he jumps over him. I love that whole move. Oh, yeah. um, now, did, did you guys know that Taylor is still actually with, WWE is a trainer. He is a current a trainer still with uh, NXT, I believe. So that makes sense. I mean, like guys like him and Norman Smiley may not be, you know, names that like are still. Uh, I mean, I, I think they're still talked about a little bit, but like they're guys who were just such solid workers, mm-hmm. and like I, I honestly. I like gave back a little bit, I think, to Terry Taylor because I was just like, when I watched the match, I was like, holy crap. Like, I don't remember Terry Taylor being that good of a worker right. when he was the Red Rooster. And maybe what? that was because his attitude wasn't there or I don't know what, but like this match with Perfect was just good. I mean, he gets into the yeah. ring, like as the raw girl is leaving the ring, he's like, don't look at her, look at me. You know, like, you know, he, he, his, his chatter is good. It's just all around a very solid 10, what, a 10 and a half minute match. And yeah. just really solid. And you know, both I, of them knew how to play to the audience. I think during that match, they both yeah. were a fantastic match. 
Well, and it felt like that nice balance between sport and, and gimmick, like at the same yep. time where there was a lot of showmanship in it, but then the actual like wrestling itself was like on point, like the brute, like the hits were brutal. The, yes. the, the like, it, it was like, it was like, it, it was one of those things. Like if I kind of had to introduce someone to be like, why is wrestling really great? I honestly think this would be a great episode without being like a truly like landmark episode per se. Perfect's working punches are so good. Like the nap that he gets on that, it sounds like you can in that crowded auditorium, you could hear like the connection and it sounds just so, it just sounds like somebody slapping a ham against a cement wall. It sounds so good. And uh, don't forget about the way that, that uh, Perfect sells too. If you get punched by Perfect, he's going to do like a flip upside down to yep. sell your punch. You know what I'm saying? Like I've seen like some of those matches he had with Bret Hart where like Hart will just punch him and Perfect will do like a backflip almost, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Um, and, you know, I was thinking about what you said, uh, Kyle, about how Taylor was really allowed to work in this match, and you didn't remember that with the Red Rooster. I don't know if you remember it, but when that gimmick first happened, he had to, his, he, I, you know, he had to literally do his head. Remember, he did, he did yeah, the he whole, was, like, rooster like, clucking and stuff, yeah. When he would come out to the ring, they would make him cluck. And you know that's direction from creative, right? You know, oh, absolutely. Because nobody's gonna be like, "This is what I'm gonna do when I walk out to the ring." You know, I'm gonna cluck like a rooster. But uh, <laughs> he's but a big yeah. Peter Pan guy. So <laughs> I mean, you know, how 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 into the match can you even get as a as a wrestler when you've been tied to to have to cluck your head all the time? But I guess the joke's on everybody because he to this day works for WWE. And he's such a solid worker that he that he his work goes into everybody's work now. You know all these guys that we see. Yeah, not only that, I think I think you know there is something to be said about making the gimmick work. You know, yeah. and if even if it doesn't work in the terms of like you get over. Yeah. Uh, I I think that you know that's one of those things. At least up until recently, that was a really important thing with the Fed. You know, they, they kind of took that, like, generally speaking, they took that kind of loyalty into account and always kind of treated those guys right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so next up was... Well, doesn't uh, Flair run in at the end of the match, too? Yeah. Like, doesn't he yeah. run into? I didn't want to gloss over that, because that was, like, again, that was my fit. Like, who, I mean, look, it's, it's again, we've seen him a million times in these older days, but who doesn't love a good run in and just, like, a beat oh, yeah, no, I, someone? I, yeah, I mentioned that Fla even though Flair ran in, Mr. Perfect still won. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and it's, it's, it's worth commenting how over Flair is at this point. Yes. Um, the crowd... Uh, at the beginning during the perfect match, uh, you know, during Mr. Perfect Match is saying, we want flair, we want flair. Yeah. And like that, for a New York audience right. yeah. in 93 to right. be screaming, we want flair is an incredible uh, triumph of, right. of, of flair's ability to win over a completely different federation of uh, uh, fans because yeah. traditionally, of course, Flair being the South, uh, you know, uh, basically yeah. wrestling savior for so long, for him to be that noticed up north and be that over is a feat within itself. And it only makes me think about what a missed opportunity H Hogan versus Flair at Mania uh, yeah. was. What a what a sham! Like, yeah. 
it, the ticket, the you know, the, it writes it, the story writes itself, mm-hmm. and yet somehow I re- I believe we ended up getting like it was the year that we instead of Flair and Hogan we ended up getting like Savage and Flair and Ultimate Warrior and you know whatever yeah what no one wants yeah not nobody wanted that but that's a that's a different story for a different time but but yeah Flair was was the man even up north so uh, Flair run, runs in at the end of the Mr Perfect match. Perfect still defeats Terry Taylor. And that's why we got these two matches, right? We know we got the Mr. Perfect versus Taylor match Mm -hmm. to show off Mr. Perfect's abilities. Uh, You know, Flair runs in at the end of it to set up for what happens later in the night during Flair's Flair's main event match. Uh, So uh, next, after that first uh, match, we get an interview with Bret Hart. We get, you know, world champ, Bret Hart out. Vince McMahon is interviewing him. Uh, Brett's really mad at Razor Ramon for beating up Owen Hart. Says he's going to slap it and saying he's going to slap his dad, Stu. Uh, says that even though he's the best technical wrestler in the world, he plans on straight up just beating up Razor Ramon at the Rumble. So, you yeah. know, he's, he's, you know, Vince, you know. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I love it. The classic. It's one thing to talk about my dad. But to talk to talk about me, but it seems like you you know any wrestler would have the respect for my pops, who operated the dungeon up in Calgary. It, uh, listening to Brett just like I love I I love Brett's complainy kind of yeah. promos where he's just kind of pissing and moaning for like yeah. a good minute and a half. Like yeah. how dare he? Doesn't yeah. he know? Like, and it's well, just it's the like, most Canadian you ever really it's seen. It's the yeah. most Canadian like, promo in the world. <laughs> yeah, that's not hockey. That ain't Canada. He's going to be sorry. He's going to be yeah. so sorry he's he messed with real us. sorry, and I'm going to make him say sorry to my father. Yeah. <laughs> I think, and, 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 there's there's things you don't do. <laughs> and one of them's there. mess with stew. Yeah. <laughs> I think Bret Hart should do a, 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 like a walk-in on Letterkenny. Oh, oh God. God, that would be amazing. Just choring. Yeah. But oh, he is man. like like Brett's way of doing a promo, and I didn't really really uh, realize it till I got older, is just 100% just complaining into the mic. Yeah. Like he's like, it's like a warrior promo, you know, it's like <laughs> kind of like insane growling the hogan promo it's talking about the beach and viking but the brett promo is is 100 percent just complaining about your opponent and it is the best yeah it's just the best (laughs) what hit men do they complain (laughs) yeah (laughs) that's what it means to be the excellence of execution means that you complain about your opponent at, at every opportunity to death. <laughs> yeah. So we get a really quick Undertaker and Paul Bear headlock for hunger promo. Real quick, that is probably the most insensitive uh, wrestler to put. And, like, yeah. except for maybe Bastion Booger. Like, like eating, <laughs> yeah. eating like a big chicken yeah. leg is the only thing that I think could be more inssulting. Maybe, maybe Kamala. Maybe, yeah. maybe yeah, like, that's what I was like, thinking. More Kamala like, would be. But like, he's just like, yeah, we're, we're worried about all these Somali kids, and he's like, we don't want them to rest in peace. Yeah, yeah. It's just you know like, what? you well, know what? <laughs> maybe, maybe if we're talking about kids starving to death, having the 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 the, the guy in white face, death. yeah, that the literal yeah. 
representation of death on our program talk about that i don't know maybe not maybe i'm wrong uh, yeah totally. although this was the dare era so they did have to scare people into doing the right thing yeah <laughs> so. you, know, you know you know as as funny as that is it all came down to probably one thing i think that was the era that they were trying to make undertaker a baby face for the first time yeah you know and so let's get him on everything let's show him that even though he's you know the grim reaper he still cares about kids in somalia you know and that's and that's really what it's about it's it's the fact that even though he doesn't eat and paul bear eats too much they both care very much about uh starving kids that's right and and it's beautiful it's you know there's nothing that when i think of famine there's mm -hmm. nothing that brings to mind famine like uh, a six foot nine redheaded man in in white face makeup so i i think that it is <laughs> tasteful and i think uh <laughs> I, I once again vince is subtle and he just sneaks something in there that he's just like Mwah, chef chef's kiss beautiful <laughs> <laughs> so after that little uh you know uh piece of art we get marty janetti versus glenn ruth of course marty janetti pinning glenn ruth i just want to say this match was too long wait you mean marty janetti beat the glenn ruth exactly yeah <laughs> thrasher of the headbangers thrasher. yeah <laughs> is that thrasher of the headbangers That's that is thrasher, thrasher. Yeah. wow yep. holy cow i had no idea Yep, I felt like uh, that match was uh, just long because they had that uh, Shawn Michaels phone call yep. during the match. So true. Yeah, true. it could have ended in a minute or two, but I guess they gotta get Michaels and his promo in there. I just I I have such a hard time believing that somebody uh, of the ability of Glenn Ruth, you know, the household name that is Glenn Ruth, <laughs> you know, you don't, you uh, don't the, eat Glenn Ruth bars, or uh... you no, know, you you I take my Glenn Ruth multivitamins. And I, I do my Glenn Ruth exercises and say my Glenn Ruth prayers. Yeah. Glenn Ruth is running wild over you. <laughs> well, I actually do feel like to me, Glenn Ruth kind of stood out a little more than Marty Janetti did. I mean, he, he did the whole like heel thing where he attacked Marty from behind. Um, you know, I'm, I'm going to say this. Handshake. I don't think Marty's a very good wrestler. I don't think Marty's. Never mind. I'm not going to be that a bad. <laughs> I, I, I am. I Marty, as the professor, I can say Marty is not a good wrestler. Yeah, yeah. And on top of that, like have the, all the personal stuff makes it. Anytime I see Marty Janetti, there's like a whole air of it. Oh yeah, didn't didn't Marty Janetti like cop up to like wanting to have sex with his daughter? Yes. What? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Marty Janetti's a monster. Oh, you know what? Yeah. I'm yeah. Glad I was, Glenn I was Ruth. like, no, come on. I'm He's glad Glenn Ruth is is more important than you know what? We are a pro Glenn Ruth podcast and an yeah. anti Marty Janetti podcast. Yeah. I'm gonna say it. Yeah, we are. Now, granted, he did, he did sober up and say, you know, I shouldn't have tweeted that. I'm just gonna know. I don't know exactly. Uh, he did do some kind of like no there was a misunderstanding but to me yeah, when i said so i wanted ambient. to have sex with my daughter i meant yeah. i just want to you know have sex with my daughter yeah i took too much ambient you know how it is you take too much ambient you say you want to have sex with your daughter it's the whole thing right yeah so he's a bad wrestler and a bad person yeah wow. <laughs> The, the, the he's no Glenn Ruth, I'll tell you that. He's no Glenn Ruth. He's no Glenn Ruth. 
<laughs> I had no idea about this, the uh, Headbangers thing because Headbangers debuted like after I stopped watching. So I don't yeah, know. Okay. Attitude error. Things, but that's fascinating to me, and I'm glad you pointed that out. Um, I love so, the Headbangers because they wore kilts, and I, yes. for some reason I was like, yeah, kilts are cool. Yeah. Right, right, <laughs> so. right. Yeah, well, I also enjoy like the Shawn Michaels call-in because that's something you just don't see anymore. Because like now that you bring it up, I was like, man, I remember enjoying that match for some reason. Like, oh yeah, it's because Shawn Michaels calls in and makes it a little more exciting. And I just feel like you that that's like something they don't do anymore. Like they kind of had to back in the day because you don't have mm-hmm. quite the video conferencing access you have, where you can have people either show up or Skype or yeah, yeah, yeah. Is he still in the-, in the middle of his I don't think so gimmick? Right. I believe so. I believe I believe that was kind of like his coming from. I mean, he just comes and he's called pretty much talking smack about Janetti, which, as we know, is is you know where that's kind of setting everything up there. Yeah. Uh, but uh, can we talk about the for a minute? You know, like how what a big deal the Marty Janetti versus Shawn Michaels breakup of the Rockers was, though. It, it yeah. the barber shop. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. Looking at you know the barber shop. Uh, segment, you know, Brutus Beefcake's old little segments that they had a lot of back in the day, uh, where you know Sean fam- Sean Michaels famously kicks Marty Jannetty through the window. As a kid, that was a very that was like one of those top ten moments of betrayal, you know, because uh, you know as a as a wrestling fan, even as a kid who used to get like the Wrestling Insiders and and mm-hmm. the Wrestler and Pro Wrestling Illustrated, you know, I had always known about the Rockers before the Rockers, you know, back when they yeah. were, you know, uh, AWA together in the AWA, yeah. like pretty much mm-hmm. from the get go. So I was aware that they were a long time team already, even though they, you know, at that point they'd even been together in WWF slash E for years. Uh, you know, it, it, it was a big deal. It was one of the bigger breakups, right? I mean, it's a yeah. violent it's still scene, a, too. Yeah. Would you say so? It's still, like, on the top of every list when you go through, like, tag team breakup right. to this day. Probably right. still on top of everybody's list. Yeah. I can't name a, I can't name a breakup that would top that one at the yeah. – uh, um, Well, I mean, you, you watch it, and it's a very, like, aggressive – violent like like the when he does when he does the super kick and then like shoves marty through that window mm-hmm. yeah. it's it it's violent like it right. looks it it's looks like the, like, the animosity it does not look is like legit what right? wrestling right there's like real animosity there yeah yeah it feels like well yeah, that was it really does became, feel like that well it became kind of a nice little wrestling 101 moment because it was again things i was like familiar with you know because uh because it's the heartbreakers right that's the the, 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 the rockers the rock- oh the rockers i'm sorry i'm getting mixed i realized i was like no i know exactly who i mixed them up with there <laughs> at least but no that was the thing it was it was like you know because i know sean michaels and of course i'm much more familiar with sean michaels but then you've got like the whole rockers saga and everything so it's like oh okay well this is a chance for me to stop and like educate myself on everything going on with it so you know i'm, I'm no i'm glad you guys brought it up <laughs> Well, and, and, you know, it, it brought in the kind of the lexicon into the, or it brought into the lexicon of wrestling, the idea of a tag team having a Sean and a Marty, which right. I think is really negative. And I, I'd like to see that kind of go away because yeah. I don't, I don't think that that, if, if, if you're if, like me, a fan of tag team wrestling, mm-hmm. um, the, the idea that one of them is better than the other because right. one's the Sean and one's the Marty, I think that really 
does damage to good tag teams. Mm. You know, you look at you look at like FTR. Neither one of them is a Marty. They're both fucking Shawns. Right. And that's you know, I I I, I it's, it's just it's crazy to think that like years that this is like a moment that wrestling fans are just like, oh yeah, this is right. where the super talented guy in the tag team leaves the not so talented guy in the tag team, and that is a thing that will happen now forever because of, or not because of, but maybe because of, you know? It's definitely become the, the, the way to, uh, when you recognize that happening, it's got a name now because of that, yeah. for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and would you say in, in that light, Kyle, that there are tag teams that deserve that or, and there are tag teams that don't? Absolutely. Or, you know what I'm saying? Like, maybe it's not so much that the terms shouldn't exist, it's that that it shouldn't always. I don't know, man. It's like one of those double-edged things. Because on one hand, if you always, as a tag team, think I don't want to be the Marty, maybe it'll strive you to <laughs> be like, yeah, that's true. It'll be great. Definitely. But I feel like there are definite tag teams where it's easy to say that's the Marty, and then there are tag teams where you can definitely say there's no damn Marty. You know? Yeah. And, no, I, I definitely think so too. And I I think especially as the product has grown in the last, in, in, I would say in the last like maybe 10 years, especially in the age of social media, mm-hmm. um, it, it, it's become harder and harder to have. I mean, you look at, you look at it, like the last group that I could really think of that was a big group that I would consider a, a, a Marty and a, and a Sean would be Enzo and Cass. Oh yeah. And they're the last group that I could really even consider. And in Cass, I don't even think was that talented. You know, like, but, but in, in terms of like comparison, like, uh, maybe, maybe the Luchasaurs, you know, like, uh, the Lucha Express, um, but like in general, like, I feel like we're moving to a age where we're seeing, I, I don't know, like, there's not the guy who gets, you know, like the classic tag team where it's like one guy gets beat up and then the other guy comes in for the hot tag and clears house you don't see that so much anymore it's not as formulaic a lot of guys well, straight off see, on it you don't see tag team in the wwe as much anymore i mean right. a lot of time it's just two single Throwing wrestler together, put yeah. together make a Which tag is team pet peeves. i, have I a, hate you know, that you know. pet peeve but on that. you know um ring of honor aew they still do tag team right i think no. Yeah, I won't say that it always sucks because sometimes they get it right. There, I can name several really cool tag teams that came out mm-hmm. of single stars, especially when it caught on fire. But for the most part, I miss the days where you have demolition. They're obviously supposed to be a group. The Rockers, they yeah. were a group coming into it. The Brain Busters, you know, like just the Beverly Brothers, so you know, guys were, that were just like made to be tag teams, and I, I do miss that. And I'm glad we have an AEW that's trying to kind of bring that uh, back to the well, team. Before yeah, and NXT does pretty good tag team until they bring them up to the main roster and just, you know, ruin them. Job them, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> that well, that was annoying, like a, right? Yeah. Well, and it becomes kind of a nice secret ingredient in so many situations because, you know, we how many wrestlers do we come across? You're like, I like them, but they're just not doing anything or it's not working, whatever they are doing with them. I think and, that's what happens. 
Yeah. Well, there's so many different ways. You can have people where it's, you know, you can have peanut butter and jelly, or you could have just, you know, peanut butter and peanut butter or, you know, whatever, like any combination of it. And I think that's what creates that nice variety is sometimes you get people where it's like, this guy's the silent one and this one's the talker, uh, or this one's the one who's always getting their butt kicked and they've kind of got to come in and rescue them. And even that creates and builds like a feud in and of itself. So no, I, I really wish they would do more with it personally. Well, and I, and I think I think with the the Rockers and Sean and Marty in, in particular, you see a great example of Sean, a guy who took the character and then realized he could expand upon it and and build, and that there was more to his character outside of the identity of a rocker. Right. And then you look at a guy like Marty, who unfortunately could not break out of the rocker mentality, right. and that's why he couldn't get over. You know, like, it's not that Marty couldn't work, really. I mean, like, I make fun of him, but, like, he can work fine. It's the fact that he can't, he doesn't have anything to make him special. And 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 ring gear was the same after the breakup. He didn't bother changing ring gear. And that's a problem. If you don't have enough faith in your new character to invest in new ring gear, then you don't have a good vision. Well, you can't invest in your character when you don't create one. Yeah. yeah exactly sure. i agree but yeah uh so back to commentary they are talking now about crush not making the royal rumble this year because of one of my favorite villains of the time doink the clown uh and they go to footage uh doink offers crush a flower uh babyface crush accepts the flower and gives it to a nice fan and while his back's turned doink does one of the another one of the greatest heels <laughs> i remember as a child rips off his fake broken arm and starts beating crush with it very again very sadistically you know what i oh, mean yeah. like, like the joker would you know what i mean and and uh i like it goes to show that i remember this specific segment as a child just like the rockers one it was like whoa you know it's one of those that stuck out um, so like with for you since you remember it as a child and watching it back now um is it still as vicious as you thought it was? Because I got to tell you, it did not look that bad a hit to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, it frightened me. Song to is unimpressed. It frightened, it frightened me to tears this time, Song. It scared me more now. No, I'm just kidding. You know, I don't really love clowns too much, but um, yeah. in real life. You know, but, huh? I, oh, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, no, just, uh, no, but, uh, I, you know, I, I don't think I really paid attention to it that much this time around just with the thought, is this as vicious as I thought? But I'm sure it wasn't. But I remember at the time being like, this clown is just kicking this. Right, right. I can imagine as a kid that probably looked brutal. But like going back and watching it yesterday, I, you know, the cast looked like it was paper mache. You <laughs> could kill a fly with that cast. Songs like that cast isn't gonna keep any bone in in, in place. Like that's yeah. not a real cast. That's, like, that's the first cast. thing that that song knows. <laughs> but you know, that's it probably just, comes from like years and years of watching wrestler take you know chair shots and kendo well, and song, shots and things like that. I mean, song knows a thing or two about first aid. You know, because he had to get first aid qualified to babysit Sawyer and I. <laughs> that's so, true. So it makes sense that Song would have a problem with this. I I cannot think like uh like I cannot think of a better Vince McMahon kind of interview that that whole when they cut back to 
that whole crush thing where, you know, he's, Vince is talking to Crush and he's like, you know, uh, Crush, is, uh, Crush has warned you, Doink, about making children cry. And he says, about what? And he's like, about making children cry. <laughs> like Vince like does this like, and it, it's just so like, you like, Matt Bourne is a bad person. Let me start off by saying that. Like, like historically, history has proved that Matt Bourne, it was a piece of shit. He beat his girlfriends. Like, he was a, b- a bad dude in general. Yeah. But. So he probably could get He plays a really, really well. good scary clown. Yeah. He plays a yeah. very good scary clown. Right? I mean, yeah, I guess that lends itself to it. I mean, it's so funny because, you know, we talked about it last time too, and I'll say it again. It's just like the idea that like trying to make Doink work as a face just doesn't. It's it it because it you know again because people don't already like clowns so you have to lean into that evil bad like nasty clown thing too. An but. original Doink they did that and yeah. I feel like he was way more effective. Mm-hmm. Like that, that that like I actually still get unnerved by the the like that like his music still as an adult creeps me out. Yeah. So. But I did love the, the full fake arm bit. It was like, <laughs> it was ridiculous. Because again, where it's like nowadays where the only weapon of choice is basically kendo stick. You know, you always see it coming because it's going to be under there. But it is just great. You, you know, like the whole thing with the flower, like what is he doing? What's going on? And it's like, wham. It's like, ah, you fell for the old fake arm, beat him to death trick. Plus <laughs> like, crush bra bra is the best. Like crush bra, you yeah, know, it's yeah. like doink bra. What are you doing bra? Shuck up bra. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and, and when like two years earlier he was that third member of Demolition. Speaking back to Demolition again, he yep, was yep. The, he was the third member of Demolition, I guess. When him and Barry Darso and uh, the other three. Axe, uh, uh, I forget his name, his real life name at the very moment, but he was a teacher. Yeah, Axe was a teacher. Uh, I think was it a high school teacher or a, I'm not sure 100. percent Brian Adams. Brian, Brian Adams. Adams. No, no, no. Bill, Bill oh, Eadie. Singer? Brian Adams is crushed. Brian Adams is Bill crushed. Eadie. Yeah. Bill, Bill Eadie. Eadie. That's right. Yeah, that is him. And he was a school teacher. But yeah, interesting stuff. But uh, yeah, after that, we go back out to Sean Mooney again. Uh, no, wait. I'm totally skipping some stuff. No, no. Mooney is out on the street. Sorry, guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Out on the street with Repo Man. Him and Savage yeah. start bickering. Uh, Repo Man repossessed Macho's hat, of course, we know. And they kind of just go back into that. It's just a reminder that Savage repossess a hat. Why? Oh yeah, can <laughs> Macho Man not pay? afford his hat? <laughs> He's like, how much is Vince not paying these guys? <laughs> well, that's the thing, guys. Is Repo Men they're thieves again? You have to remember they come in and take things that don't belong to them. The rich have earned their hats <laughs> and, <laughs> and deserve to keep them. Not have a car. Like, <laughs> why couldn't he have a Macho car? <laughs> Right. Well, macho mobile. Barrett yeah. keeps like art, like mentioning to like he does this whole weird bit thing with Macho and like where's where, where's your car at? You might go check in the lot or whatever too, where they're like building up to it. So it's like oh yeah, going, yeah. You know? and and also Rob Bartlett keeps yeah, like he's being like hey hey Macho man, could you check on my car? I parked it out in front of like it's like no one cares about your stupid car, Sawyer's dad. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I remember saying that myself. Like, you, you remember? Do you remember having your child seat in the back of that little green blazer? 
Yeah. I do. And I remember I, I was, I, he kept me in the car. He's like, you wait here. I'll be back in a couple hours. <laughs> he, parked, he parked the car outside with Sawyer yeah. in the car the entire yeah. time. I was like, is Song going to watch me? He's like, no, no, we don't have time to get Song No babysitter. Uh, no. Yeah, yeah. And right. Uh, and I was like, well, all right. <laughs> I couldn't make it up to New York that weekend. Oh. Yeah. I was like, well, I hope I don't get repo, Dad. <laughs> Right in the middle of the, uh, the the whole Mooney thing uh, outside, uh, we get Mean Gene breaking in with a Royal Rumble report. And the only reason I want to mention that really is because of the I one interview with Razor that I I, re- I I had forgotten about this promo, but it was the gold on my fingers, gold, gold on, on my neck, neck, and gold on my waist. It's yeah. the best. It's the best Razor promo. He calls Brett Hitman. Hitman. <laughs> yeah. Hitman. Like it, it is like yeah. like uh, Mean Gene Man. Like he, yeah, it, yeah, it, yeah. I feel I like I you kind do of those type of things for the Rumbles, man. It just made it feel bigger. You it know? was. I could not agree more. I could and not I agree more. I love it when they would go to the special news desk for the pay per views. You know what yeah. I'm saying? It made it feel way more special than seeing just some graphics on a screen. Oh, yeah, like, now they they that, that, that bum 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 bum, <laughs> like that the great music, right. you know, like it's well, uh, it's in an age where Royal Rumbles are kind of becoming like the Super Bowl for it. You know what I mean? Where it's 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 kind of like you know you know it's kind of like you know how there's people that go to church only on like Christmas and Easter, where it's like Royal Rumble is one of those things. There's even people that may just tune in or people like, like Kyle and I know people that will like host like big parties and like, you know, they'll have like Royal Rumble picks and everything. I feel like it's like, what better way to get people to watch the episodes leading up to it, but also just like give people that introduction of like, Hey, here's who's competing. Here's what's going right. on. Like it's, it's yeah. a nice formal play by play. Yeah. Now all we get is like one graphic with a bunch of wrestlers. Some yes. aren't even in the Rumble match themselves. They just throw up in there and that's here. Yeah. Here's the Rumble match. That's all you got. Well, especially because you're bringing in people to kind of help get them more established, too. Like, we're always going to know the heavy hitters, but this way you get everybody named. And I know if it were, you know, if I were in that position and you were going from, like, you know, just like a regular Joe in the scene to, like, hey, I'm being featured in the Royal Rumble, you want to see your name up there, you know? It would be cool cool if they would do the special report still. They would run down, like, maybe half of the field of the Rumble. They would let you know, and maybe they would tell you about two or three surprise entrants that – are going to be there so you'll look forward to it but then they also let you know hey look there's a they're not letting us know who this person is but yeah it's you we know, don't know who number 27 will be yeah exactly yeah 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 because yeah. yeah, it's implied there's going to be that many competitors you yeah know, so <laughs> a lot of fun so we uh they go back outside to, for a second to sean mooney but that's basically just savage running around looking for repo man where is he brother Vince no, is hope. screaming that's up. Out of the street, <laughs> but so then we get to the main event of the night right we got rick flair uh, uh rick flair versus el matador tito santana arriba. of strike force arriba the arriba man yeah. <laughs> um so this match they have they, they never even really announced a winner uh yeah, it ends in a no contest doesn't it well, technically, I would think that by the rules, Ric Flair should have won because uh, because he was attacked by Mr. Perfect. So by DQ. By DQ. By DQ. But, but yeah, I originally would have thought no contest, too, but they never really even said. But the whole reason for the match was to set up, of course, the big deal for next week, 
flare versus yes. so you you know not wait for that man yeah. yeah, I mean they queued that all up perfectly between both their matches with the end run-ins and everything. Yeah. It's fantastic. I, I I will say, you know, we're only two episodes deep, but I really like right now. This is my favorite. <laughs> it's the second one. That's awesome, man. I'm glad that uh that, that you're enjoying watching these Raws. I mean, I think like I said, it's a really good place to start and kind of familiarize yourself with the history and the across the board of all the you know different people that have been in WWE. Um, but this match, yeah. I, a couple of things that I thought about while I was watching this match was, I know that I've seen a couple of interviews where uh, this was a gimmick Tito Santana wasn't particularly fond of, the El Matador right. gimmick. And, uh, that's uh, par for the course for what, you know, they were doing these days. They were given a lot of these guys repackages with a ridiculous gimmick. You know, we this was Vince's, everybody's got to be an occupation. Everybody's got to be a... <laughs> Everybody's got to be a job. Duke the Dumpster Drossy. Uh, IRS. You no, know, yeah, you're, you're, yeah, you're IRS. You're the you tax know. man. Yeah, well, in terms of village people jobs, Matador is always like the one that makes You're the big uh, boss. You know, you're like, oh, you're naturally, of course, a Matador. Uh, yeah, once oh again, God, they did have Vince the not understanding. He's the like, Tonka, the police guy. <laughs> they didn't have a construction worker, did they? I think there was like a million construction workers technically. Hogan wore a hard hat on the cover of uh, uh, Pal Driver. Oh, Pal Driver. oh, Hack, I guess Hacksaw Jim technically qualifies. Hacksaw Jim, yeah. I guess, could qualify. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I agree. So, like, it was something like, like, feels like an obvious one. I feel like they recycled the construction worker thing about a million times over there. I think that was like, because you get a lot of blue collar working guys who probably worked as construction workers before. Yeah, there's lots of like blue collar brawler would, uh, uh, oh, heavy machinery. Yes. Ah, uh, yeah. yeah. They would be construction workers, specifically yeah. caterpillar operators. <laughs> so basically Vince found all his inspiration from the village people. Yes. Some, yeah. some of his inspiration, yes. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's kind of a shame because at this point in his career, Tito is just a jobber, kind of, to, like, but, like, he's, like, what you would call, like, a... Um, he's a jobber with a name. I don't know. A jobber to, a jobber to the, the, the superstars, you know? Right. Like, he only jobs for big people, right. but that's what he's there for. He's like um, Sami Zayn or, or, you know, Adolf... Dolph Ziggler, he's like Ziggler. like one of those guys where he's like, yeah. if if you are trying to job out somebody, but you need it to be, because you know, to mm -hmm. a certain extent, I'm sure a good amount of the wrestling audience still remembers him as you know the Ariba Man or as one of Strike members of Strike Force. You know, I see. He, he headlined. He was in uh, the first WrestleMania. Yeah. I mean, like you know, like he didn't headline it, but he was in the the first WrestleMania. So I mean, like it it. Tito, it's kind of a shame, but at the same time, like, that's what, you know, enhancement talent is there for. Like, I, right. I hate I hate to say it, but that's what they're there for. Well, it's, it's, it's kind of one of those, the more things change, the more they stay the same. Because like you said, just like Sami Zayn, just like this person, Ziggler and all that, it's, it's you know, similarly to Ziggler and Sami Zayn, even Sami Zayn's now Intercontinental Champion or, or has been recently. So, um, uh you got the same thing where Tito Santana during his younger days had success with Rick Martel as strike force. He had uh, an intercontinental title run. Uh, so, but then he was uh, during that back half of his career where he was putting other guys over, 
you're exactly right. He was a jobber to the stars. He's not losing to Barry Horowitz, Brooklyn Brawler, but he's definitely losing to Mr. Mr. Perfect or Ric Flair. Exactly. And, uh, you know, Santana was another one of those guys that really, uh, one of the rarities in the sport that never was heel, just like Ricky Steamboat. Never was heel. Yep. You know, that's interesting. I And, and I think it's probably because uh, – and, and I don't mean this in a, in a, in a bad way, but like, I don't know if he could have really like his, his, his personality doesn't work towards heel. There's some guys who just don't work as heels and some like, it's kind of like how Randy Orton doesn't work as a face. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just like, I don't buy your personality being right. a nice person. Whereas right. like Tito Santana, it's like, I, I, I just can't buy you being a jerk. You seem yeah. like too nice of a dude. I think that's the funny thing about that industry is there are people that have like it been ingrained so much as faces or heels. It's really hard. It's like, look, man, I even want to buy what you're selling here. But like, you're, I know you're a good dude and your personality is so big in this way. I can't look past it. <laughs> um, at some point during this match, Flair um, does, you know, highlight of this match, Flair yells at Savage. So I can't remember where we are at and things. I know later, is it later? Is WrestleMania 7 bef- during this time or no? No, we've already had because 92 was WrestleMania yeah. 11. Yeah, that's right. And that's, yeah, 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 that's yeah, with, okay. with, the, uh, with a tear in my eye. So so. This, was, this yeah. was way after the original yeah. Flair Savage um, uh, rivalry yeah. uh, from before. Okay. So yeah, this is just, I just, I just, I thought to myself, like, Savage really can't catch a break during this whole thing uh, at all. Like, this whole episode, he's getting attacked by the Repo Man. Uh, Flair is screaming at him. Kind of suck for Flair, uh, or suck for Savage, rather, during the match. Another thing that I uh, noticed during this match was I had almost forgotten how beautiful Ric Flair's knee drops were. Oh, yeah. Knee drops probably the best in the business man like the knee drops that he was firing off uh during this match were awesome um so end of this match perfect comes out attacks flair this time right and that's how the no contest happened they argue to the back you have a commercial break we come back and flair issues the career versus career match for next week versus mr perfect oh man who can't mm-hmm. get, get looking for it. like and i think this is the start of where it's like i mean granted again it's only second episode deep but this is the start where you're like all right now we've got setups we can start looking forward to you know next week because first you get a little bit of a tee up but now we're we're in the trenches here so you're kinda... yeah absolutely and and you gotta love a riled up rick flair pl- promo where he oh. doesn't even know what he's about to say so good it's off the cuff just going crazy man and i love that that classic riled up rick flair and uh, so after he issues the challenge, uh, pretty much Mr. Perfect just walks up right behind him and is like, I accept the challenge for next week. So it's going to be career versus career, Mr. Perfect versus Ric Flair next week. We, uh, If you've watched it before, you know it's an awesome match. If you've never watched it before, you're definitely in for a Insight. treat. Yeah, um, man. Well, and I, I, again, like, I can't always help but look at, like, the theater of it all, too, is, like, it's, again, where you have, like, a common theme between the two of them, you know what I mean? You got two big egomaniacs, like, they're pretty boys is kind of their thing, but they also don't play around, so it's, it's, everything about it is, like, yeah, man, this is, this is, it's a good cue up for everything, I love it. Absolutely, and then the show closes out with the Repo Man uh, rolling off with uh, Rob Bartlett's green blazer that you used to sit in all the time as a little 
little baby. And he was still I in still there. So you huh? were still in there when he took it. I uh, yeah. <laughs> he in there that night. He, he raised me for a little bit. So. Repo man. <laughs> raised by repo man. Yeah. <laughs> I like how it's like undefined oh, how old I am God. in this story too. Like, <laughs> I hope all of our listeners will definitely let us know what you guys thought of the episode. Uh, we're really interested in hearing what y'all thought, whether you are an older uh, fellow or lady like us who is watching it again, uh, or whether you're somebody who's younger and have never seen this before, or, you know, no matter what, we want to hear from you. We want to hear what you guys thought about the episode. Uh, but uh, you guys weigh in. Yeah, obviously, I know that Sawyer, you've already kind of said your piece. Now it's getting exciting. We've got like a career versus career match. And we're talking about two of the best workers in the industry on the mic, Mr. Perfect, Rick Blair. These guys are just consummate professionals. So, yeah, it was definitely an exciting time. Monday Night Raw was cool the first go around. It's fun to watch. Man, I couldn't agree more. I'm loving this, this Raw. It's the perfect length. I think I mentioned it last time. It is the perfect length for a wrestling program. Yes. I could go with more than three ma- – I could go for more than three matches in right, an episode yeah. – but in terms of presentation and how long I want to, like as a 30-year-old adult, uh, yeah. how long I want to sit down and watch wrestling, it is a yeah. perfect, perfect chunk of time. Yep. And they, at least with these two first episodes, have given, I would say each one, uh, it, this one especially, but each one has had at least one good, more than 10 minute long match. Mm-hmm. It's had one good squash. And like a decent third match. So far, yeah. this is I, I would I would agree with Sawyer. Like I am that that whole Terry Taylor, Mr. Perfect match just really mm-hmm. got me into it and it set me up for a really enjoyable uh, enjoyable raw. I would absolutely mm-hmm. give this two thumbs up. I would say that anybody like this is it makes sense why Raw became what Raw is now, because of how good it's start it's it had started yeah. at least for yeah him. absolutely well, yeah, yeah I, I really enjoyed myself too um going back watching these older episodes um i it just goes to show that they knew how to tell a story they can build a story that leads you it's almost like watching an episodic tv show with mm-hmm. um plots and stuff yeah not just random matches thrown together so they're telling this fantastic story of uh, Flair and Perfect. In the meantime, giving us a little comic relief with the whole Repo Man stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like they have their they had good scriptwriter back then. I got to give them that. Yeah. I wish that was still the case now, but you know, but now they got to fill three hours. So yeah, jump just to jump off what Kyle was saying. I think the uh, hour time frame is perfect for what we want. Yeah, show to I don't be. even. I don't even know when uh, when we're gonna have to go into two hour raws. I don't know when that happens, but we're <laughs> we're gonna have a moment during that. Yeah, time. we're all just gonna be like, oh, uh, two yeah, hours yeah. of wrestling. Yeah, we might have to start breaking up the episodes. <laughs> no, we're just gonna have to start making money off the episodes. Yeah, I, so yeah. exactly. <laughs> I want to pull if two that's hours of this, people. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> hour to 10 hour workday consists of, of me watching raw then that's fine yeah but having to work for 10 hours and then watch a three hour raw then find times to talk about it for three hours yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll see man but hopefully 
our wonderful fans will make that possible. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. Yes. But, but I, I overall, definitely man. think it had I definitely think it had all the ingredients like the right episode. I mean, you've got yeah. you've got your your like song was saying, you got your bits and your shticks in there too. Even Bartlett you, wasn't that bad. Like your dad wasn't this bad. This yeah. I remember saying him too. Dad I was like, Dad, you weren't that bad tonight. Yeah. And then he'd then he'd hit me. He's like, What do you mean not that bad? He's like, Did you not did you not hear me compare uh, uh, Mr. Terrific? Uh, or Mr. Perfect to Tom Arnold. That's gold, baby. That's oh, I gold. did remember he, he said, is that Tom Arnold? I was like, what the hell does that mean, Rob? Yeah, he, I, I mean, honestly, I think it's that radio show DJ where there's a reason they have, like, the, the push, the soundboards is they're only used to, like, a select number <laughs> of certain jokes that they just apply, like, any situation. But, I mean, I think you got everything. I mean, you've got, like like you said, like you handling, like, the, your squashing, you know, you got your squash matches in there. You got the introduction, like, the Royal Rumble, which is like, oh, cool, yeah. It's like, you know, it's good to see, like, the, the, the vintage ones going down. And I'm glad, Jeremiah, like, you guys want to cover the Rumble after this? I'm like, absolutely. <laughs> so. I can't remember if that's the next thing we got to do or if it's another I think run. it I is. Gotta, I got to double check. But uh, but that'll be fun. That's something for all of us and our listeners to lis- uh, to listen for and look forward to. Is, uh, is 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 us you know watching and, and reviewing that um i'll say this raw i agree with you guys wholeheartedly very entertaining i totally agree with you i wish that uh, raw would have still stayed like an hour hour and a half would be perfect to throw in that extra match but uh it is what it is right now it's perfect um but for me even though the flair and santana match was awesome uh, for what it's set up for next week, the match of the night, I will agree with you, Kyle, was going to be that Terry Taylor versus Mr. Perfect match. It was the actual match that really was like, yeah, this was a good wrestling match. Um, and then low point was the Janetti match, just because anytime I see a Janetti match, I'm like, that's Marty Janetti, and he wants to screw his kid. <laughs> you know? That's, uh, that's going to be – I'm going to refer to that as a Glenn Ruth match from now on. Yeah, the there Glenn Ruth match. Yeah. So, um, uh, so yeah, that was the episode. Now, before we get to Kyle's question, yeah. um, I know that during the last episode, um, we were pondering and talking about how Heenan's appearances on Monday Night Raw corresponded to his exit from WWE slash WWF at that time to head to rival company WCW. Um, so I did a little bit of digging, so I kind of wanted to speak to that, right? Um, I found information on Heenan's wiki page and it contains spoilers for uh, upcoming episodes that we will be watching. So I'll just say this. Uh, yes, it did correspond, okay, uh, to, to his leaving. At that time, Heenan was suffering from a broken neck uh, and he, that he had received 10 years earlier and he was unable to cope with the long working hours. So he decided at that time to leave the WWF at the end of 1993. After that show, uh, Heenan stated that him and Gorilla Monsoon embraced each other and wept for over an hour in a hotel room where they were staying. And uh, he had originally planned on retiring completely, but was contacted by WCW, who enticed him with health benefits and a lighter working schedule. Yeah, I was going to say, I imagine the the money that Turner was throwing out at that time. At that time was the like they 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 were like. He didn't. They were filming in Florida, so he would he would like all of all almost all of WCW's TV appearances, for the most part, would be in Florida or in like a a road city. He wouldn't go to the road cities, mm-hmm. so he wouldn't do any of the road shows. So essentially, all he would have to do is hang out in in, in Florida, get paid, 
and deal with Tony Schiavone, which yeah. <laughs> which he hated. But yeah. you know that's that's that's, Schiavone, that's yeah. that'll be a that'll be a, a story for a different time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which, by the way, I looked it up too. The uh, Flair uh, Savage match was WrestleMania eight, eight which would be yeah. nineteen ninety two, which would be just about just a year right before. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's right. So it's, it's because of that recent tension that Flair was probably still throwing insults at Savage during that match. Yeah. That, that makes sense. Good ear. Things get a little lost in the head when you're talking about 10 to 20 years ago. Plus, <laughs> you know, better. And more, you, 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 know. You, you mean you don't remember exactly where you were when you first saw Razor Ramon, uh, you know, like, beat, you know, yeah. no, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I mean that's pretty good. I mean to be one off like that, yeah. and still remember that the match took place about a year before. That's yeah. still pretty. I, I'm. I can't yeah. remember what I did yesterday, let alone. <laughs> yeah, I have the same problem. So it, it's time for Kyle's question. The professor yes. is about to speak. I remember so, the question, but you're a more eloquent speaker, professor. So I'll let you go ahead and reiterate the question. I appreciate it. Letting the professor speak. That's always good. You know, that's a good way to maintain your grade in my class. Now, he, here's the thing, folks. Last week, I asked you, with, with, with you know, all the, all the different wrestlers in, in different movies and stuff, we had, you know, Hulk Hogan did the, the classic movie Santa with Muscles with uh, Ed Begley Jr. And uh, what, what's her name? Um, uh, the woman from That 70s Show and Black Swan. Uh, oh, Mila Kunis. Oh. Mila Kunis. Yeah. A young yeah. Mila Kunis. I forgot. And, and um, uh, Garrett Morris. Uh, Garrett Morris plays the... So, so I asked you, in the current era of wrestling that we're in, who would be your pick for muscle-bound Santa? Who would be your pick for uh, the uh, Santa with muscles, if you will? So if, you wanna, if we want to go ahead and start with you, Jeremiah... I would love to hear your answer, and then I'll tell you why it's wrong. Okay, sounds good. <laughs> well, so mine, uh, you know, I I originally, you know, was like, oh, let me think of something a little bit more vague to make it interesting. But I kept coming back to the obvious choice for me, which would be Mick Foley. And the reason is because Mick Foley wants to be Santa Claus. All right. Literally. He absolutely, I mean, during the Christmas shows, he, he dies his his beard white he 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 is a i don't know if you guys know this he actually collects christmas stuff so um to, that's for awesome me, i didn't for, know that for me to deny him that wish if i'm given that wish would be uh kind of you know it would be sacrilege so i would give that moment to my boy uh cactus jack aka mac uh, uh mankind aka mick foley pardon my cat is meowing everywhere but would you uh, would you end the video with and to all have a nice day? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I would let him do it the way he wants. If you get a chance to look it up, look up like Mick Foley's Christmas. I, I'm, I, you know, the thing I was, you know, part of the gimmick is I was gonna make fun of it, but that's a good answer. Uh, I don't, I don't think I can make fun of that answer. It's too solid of an answer. So I'm already breaking. I'm already doing a face turn, you guys. Uh, <laughs> hey, man, well. <laughs> When you see the good report come to your desk, professor, you have That's to right. give it an A. You know what? I, I you know what that, that answer gets an A A plus from the professor. A plus. Uh, wow. Song, where are you at yeah. with this? I'd love to see. I would go Braun Strowman, just because you said muscle. And Mick Foley has no muscle, so Jeremiah answers already wrong. <laughs> 
So you want to go with it's, the skinned bear as Santa Claus. It's not like enough someone... for Song to win trivia every week. He also has to win, win, uh, win your question as well. Song, I'm going to be honest with you. Is there a person that you would rather not have see you when you're sleeping and know when you're awake than Braun Strowman? <laughs> you said Marshall Mound Santa. Strong Roman? Brown Strongman? He already got the beard. Strong Snowman? You're going to get a Oh, God, that should be his character. That should be his character. I want him to still play the monster Braun Strowman as Santa Claus. So he has to stay in that character. That, that you know, that I think harkens more back to Goldberg in uh, Santa's sleigh uh, than, it, than it does our Santa with muscles. So it's a good attempt. Uh, <laughs> I, I was, but, but, but unfortunately, uh, you, you're falling short uh, with your answer. Uh, the professor is not pleased. Sawyer. I really want to add real quick song. I think the first act character, like in the in the Santa Claus or, you know, when there's a, that whole first act before they become Santa Claus, I think mm -hmm. Braun Snowman should be like his like- Braun Snowman. East yeah. Yeah, he's, Braun he's, Snowman. He's like, welcome to the North Pole. Raw. <laughs> should be a WWE 2K Battlegrounds character. Although I will <laughs> yeah. say if you, if you have, if you do follow uh, Braun on uh, Instagram, He'll occasionally post pictures of his dad, and apparently his dad was like this big softball, yep. like uh, like uh, professional softball guy, like famous for just hitting home runs all the time. And his dad kind of looks like a muscle-bound Santa. So that's uh, awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, Sawyer, what what do you got for me? What, all what, right, what, the what, moment... what have you what are you putting on the professor's desk? The moment you pose this question, this was the first person that jumped inside my head, and I'm like, I can't. I feel like I can't do a better pick because it was just so instantaneous. I'm going to go not only with The Undertaker, but I'm going to say his head elf is Paul Bear. Uh, yeah. <laughs> He's the ghost of Christmas. He's the ghost of Christmas future. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Well, who, who better than Artie? He's got immortality, so he's already okay. suited for the position. Uh, he even, even though he is a, a harsh figure of sorts, we also know him to be a, a gentle, kind soul. Uh, uh -huh. and, and he will give he people the fitting due. Yeah, well, death oh, he is He does death care about objective. the Somalians. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? And death is objective. You know, death, death does its duty. It sees it to the end. And it certainly punishes the bad, the, as we've seen many of That's times. a very interesting. You know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead with a solid. That's a solid B, B plus yeah. answer. Yeah. It's just a B plus player. I knew he can't talk smack player. about Paul Bear. <laughs> I, 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 love, I love me some Paul Bear. And I think that, I think that overall, I think that's a good assessment. I, I think you guys, yeah. you guys all did a really good job, but I think you missed the obvious answer, which is Glenn Ruth. Uh, of course. Kane, huh? <laughs> we are Glenn, Glenn Ruth. Glenn not Glenn Jacobs. No, not Glenn, Glenn Jacobs. Jacobs. Not the big red machine. Glenn Ruth. <laughs> Glenn Ruth, Thrasher, uh, and the jobber from tonight. Uh, I want to I want to add one more um one more I'll actually help uh Sawyer's case by adding another point to to Undertaker being Santa Claus. I, I thought of one that you could have thrown out there as well. To those in pain and suffering, death may be a gift. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, 
also, also, you know, it's interesting. I will say uh, there, there is a sort of connection between, oh, Jesus, my computer just did a thing. Your face uh, just got really white. Like, why? Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, my work? computer just like the, <laughs> Like, you were taken I, out I, by the Christmas spirit. You were like, go, oh, No, I was going to say, it's the Christmas creature, Glenn Jacobs, uh, coming to avenge his yeah. rightful place. But uh, no, the, the Undertaker, he, he also has the ability to fly like oh, Santa Claus. Yeah, 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 if, yeah. When, if we've seen his spirit leave the, uh, what was it, the Astrodome or whatever in, 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 in WrestleMania. When he was buried alive, seven? whatever that was. Yeah, yeah I, I, I don't know. But it, yeah. so that it, that's why that's, you know you you didn't get a you didn't get a, a C like like song did you know you, you <laughs> came up too much with, from our theater professors you just yeah an A <laughs> <laughs> look Sawyer Sawyer if I gave you an A then you wouldn't try hard on the next Kyle's question <laughs> that's true <laughs> just trying to see I think it was WrestleMania tw- was it twenty or something no that was after that never mind yeah that's the yeah I'm not good at the internet's. It's okay. And so we know. We know. You try to post on Instagram. Yeah, that's true. I shouldn't be allowed to do that. <laughs> For the anyway, happens. Anyway, yeah. Kyle question. Yeah, so Kyle, you uh we got everybody on the on the uh on oh the next Kyle question. That's what I forget. Yes. Yes. We got the new next Kyle question. So now that we're in a new year. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we, we've inter- been introduced to a new co-host on Raw with Sawyer's dad, Rob Bartlett. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to propose to you guys, with all the generally good talent of comedians in the 90s, specifically the early 90s, why did Vince choose Rob Bartlett? <laughs> Who would you have chosen? What comedian uh, would you have chosen from the 90s to co-host Raw instead of Rob Bartlett Sawyer's dad? Oh, my God, dude. Okay, cool. That's a good question. I love it. All right. So uh, get your put your thinking caps on. Make sure to have your report ready for the professor next week, and we'll be uh, right back at it. And that this, includes this- you guys. That includes our fans, too. We want to hear from you guys. Yes. Uh, not only do we want to hear, you know, which superstar would have been your Santa Claus, we want to make sure that you answer and let us know who would have been your 90s uh, comedian pick over Rob Bartlett. And why do you think that Vince picked Rob Bartlett for the uh, the gig? Uh, so that moves us right along to the trivias by Sawyer. Oh, yes. I'm, re- Kyle, I'm ready to say- beat songs. <laughs> Kyle will yes. say you give me a lot of options to work with because I had many a fight with my father uh, specifically listed comedians I would have picked to host Raw instead of his it was, it was sort of like the stepdad you're not my real dad like Trump card there yeah you're not my real favorite comedian to host Raw dad yeah and he's like you always have to go to that don't you you know I was on Broadway with Daniel Radcliffe yeah, in Equus <laughs> I was the horse. <laughs> I was the horse in Equus. Uh, I don't know why I always brought that up. Uh, but anyways, 
All right, guys. So uh, this week here, we have a few different questions. Um, same rules as always. I'll have you guys uh, type your oh. answers in here, um, right yeah. in the little chat section there. Chat, um, and chat, I'll have uh, you guys present your answers since at that point, everybody will be locked in with their guesses. Um, so the oh, very yeah, first and question, I got to make it to Sawyer or not yeah, to that's everyone. Right. Yeah, don't do it to yeah. everybody. Yeah. Unless you think you have the wrong answer, you're certainly welcome to, <laughs> to maybe have Song second guessing his title here. But uh, right now, uh, Song does have a two win streak. Who, yeah. you know, three, third times is a trend, guys. That, that makes yeah. it a trend. So uh, here's your chance to stop a minute's tracks. Um, all right, very down. first question. Might be a little bit of a softball, but it's on there either way. Um, Bret Hart does an ad for ICO Pro or ICO Pro. ICO Pro, yeah. Yeah. Pro, um, yeah. What, does, uh, what does specifically the letters ICO stand for and what is their slogan? Oh, uh, come on. Yes. Okay. Good. Good. I was. I was hoping oh, it'd be crap. right in that level. <laughs> what does ICO stand for, and what is their slogan? And once again, Bret Hart does an ad for ICO Pro. What does ICO and ICO Pro stand for, and what is their slogan? All right. Jeremiah's logged in. Some has to Google what the answer is. Before yeah. The answer. <laughs> Time to look it up. <laughs> oh my god we could do that I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah we could <laughs> yeah, all right got, cool. like, I've, I've got my phone and a tablet yeah here. yeah, yeah. so many <laughs> options yeah, yeah. i might actually i might actually make like an open book exam you know play that you know they've got that game like how fast can you google it or whatever are you faster yeah. than google so we could literally do an open book and whoever gets it first <laughs> all right all right, awesome. Uh, Kyle, since you submitted first, would you like to read off your answer? Yeah, uh, ICOPRO stands for Icky Come Outrage. Um, <laughs> and it's their slogan is ICOPRO. It'll give you diarrhea. <laughs> All, right. All right, cool. I want to give Kyle one point on that one. <laughs> because I, because I will it say will that give laugh. you diarrhea. That yeah. is a true uh, statement about ICOPRO. Yeah, um, I'm not, I'm not going to be bitter about the B I got instead of an A, but you know, whatever. <laughs> All right, cool. Jeremiah, what was your answer? Well, because I obviously have zero idea of the real answer, I went with intravenous courage oil. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to give one yeah, on that I gotta, one. Yeah, I got to take a little bit of my intravenous courage oil too, guys. Oh, and then uh, I, I said that their slogan was, I'll break you, bitch. <laughs> I went with a uh, whole like uh, ster anabolic steroids route. With it, you know? <laughs> wonderful, wonderful. All right, Sung, last but not least, what you got? Since I'm not as creative as the other two, I just said I can't open a can. Okay. <laughs> I like I, I like open. that the company's name is I can't open and the slogan is I can't I can't open I can damn it all right cool awesome. that's hilarious all right everybody I'm gonna give one all around all those excellent what is the real um, answer the, the specific yeah, the answer we were looking for though is integrated conditioning uh co program so it was ico pro is actually what huh. it's Oh, yeah. but I enjoyed everybody's answer, and the slogan was "You gotta want it." You do love watching Brett have that slogan because I do feel again that's a very Brett like slogan. Is you gotta want you it? You gotta like, want it. Diarrhea, that is <laughs> diarrhea. Yeah, yeah, you gotta want it. It's still applicable to diarrhea. I think. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> all right. Awesome. Uh, all right. Uh, speaking of Brett Hart, uh, 
Bret Hart bears a token from his collegiate wrestling days that he considers one of his prized possessions. Displaying it to his father, he believes is a very powerful moment in his life. And he also believes his relationship with his father took a different turn from that point on. What is this prized possession? So again, we're looking for a prized possession and a few hints in the matter. It's one of, uh, one of Bret Hart's proudest moments, he believes, is showing this prized possession to his father when he won it. And uh, it is from his collegiate wrestling days. That's the sound of uh, Kyle now looking on the internet. Yeah. <laughs> 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 okay, cool. All, valid, all very good guesses. We'll go around Robin here. Uh, we'll start with songs as he logged in first. Song, what's your guess? I just said Letterman jacket. Okay, good guess. Jeremiah, what was yours? I mean, I just went with collegiate wrestling trophy. Okay, very good. And Kyle, what was your guess? Yeah, he Canada. won. Uh, he won all states in Canada. They okay, cool. In Canada. So here's here's uh, here's where we're. I'm gonna at least give a point to Kyle and Jeremiah. I'm not gonna give the full two to either because both of you are close. Okay. But specifically. It was the 1974 City Championship medal. Okay. Oh, the yeah. Calgary City medal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I feel like Jeremiah was close with collegiate because it was technically a high school award. Okay. Um, and uh, Kyle was also close because it was like the Canada All Country. Uh, so I'll at least give you guys a point. So Song is now falling behind in the second place. But I will say Kyle Good. has two points. Jeremiah has two. Song's not far behind with one. We do have a chance for a tiebreaker here. Um, I'm going to deviate from this specific event here and talk about something that we did still mention in this episode that I feel appropriate. Um, the late Brody Lee took on a few different identities during his wrestling career, uh, including Luke Harper, member of the Bludgeon Brothers. But what is his real name? All right, Jeremiah's locked in. Oh, Kyle's locked in. Oh, all three. All right, awesome. All three of you guys actually had it on this one. Um, <laughs> yeah. The answer is John Huber. Probably should have done that one first, but I'm okay with that. <laughs> if we had all gotten that one wrong, I would have been like, kind of, I would have been like, we should edit that one out. We should edit <laughs> yeah, that yeah, one yeah. out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, again, this is me being like, oh, this will be a little trickier. I knew the token was. Uh, right now, we have a, a, a two-man um, tie between Kyle and Jeremiah. And oh, I'm God, actually we... thinking we have a chance to set up a squash match now uh, in our next episode between the two. Yes. Um, yeah, so so song has a two week has a two episode run. Uh, we need to at least define the winner between these two, which we'll decide in next week's episode here uh, between the two. But we have set up a nice little squad. We'll do our tiebreaker next. Oh, episode. so we're oh, so this is a the tie for now, and yeah, next week we're everyone's got to tune in. Yeah, so we're gonna do the tiebreaker next week, but then a whole new round as well. Yes, absolutely. We'll yeah, do so we'll have a nice quick tiebreaker, and then nice. we'll have a uh, a trivia run there. Um, as you guys are kind of chasing after uh, a song for his uh, two-win streak here. Hell yeah. We have had fun chilling out with you guys for the last little bit, talking about Raw, episode two, way back in 93. It's been a blast. And we can't wait to, for the next time you join us to, uh, to discuss, I believe, the Royal Rumble. If not the Royal Rumble, another Raw and then a Rumble. Either which way, uh, we love you guys. See you soon. Goodbye. Peace. Peace. As always, thank you so much for listening. Now, we want to hear from you. You can hit us up at pinthechamppodcast at gmail.com. We're also on Twitter and Instagram at pinthechamp123. And our Google Voice number is 804-446-1139. We can't wait to hear from you.